As I say, my testimony is very much a spiritual vacuum, not only in that area geographically, but in my family. So the Lord graciously um, saved me. You know, I have grown more at this church than any of the other churches we've ever been at. You know, the Lord's hand is, is, has been and is on this church. And, you know, it's really, from my standpoint, a blessing and a privilege to be able to serve. We are all saved the same way but each of our stories are different. This is My Grace Life Story, a series of podcasts where members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is Senior Associate Pastor Matt Fowler. Welcome back to another episode of My Grace Life Story. I'm Matt Fowler, the Senior Associate Pastor at Grace Life Church of the Shoals, and helping me out once again with all of our media is Brother Tim Martin. And we have with us today John and Joyce McIntosh. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Great. Good, good. Good to see you guys. And you guys have been at Grace Life for some time now. And so we look forward to hearing a little bit about your Grace Life story. But before we hear your Grace Life story, just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you work, what you're doing right now in life. And John, we'll start that with you. Okay. I'm John McIntosh. I am uh, a 65-year-old, married to Joyce. 65 years young. Yes. Right? Yes. 65 years young. (laughs) And it's younger every day. Amen work at Northwest Shoals Community College. I'm a dean there and I've okay. uh, been there for 33 years. Wow. And, I didn't realize uh, it had been that long. It has been that long. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So Good. Joyce? I am Joyce McIntosh, married to John, and um, retired from UNA in the spring of 2018. Okay. Had a pretty long teaching career there. How long were you at UNA? 28 years, I okay. believe it was. Wow. Just so everyone knows, I did have Joyce, and I've already told her that I might call her Dr. McIntosh, because when I was in class with her, I did call her Dr. McIntosh. So if you hear me reference Dr. McIntosh, I'm referring to Joyce here today. So. Did you talk what at UNA, just so everybody has a little context? In the exercise right? science program. Absolutely. So and it was wonderful. The, yeah, the science-based classes, <laughs> yeah. which I love science. So. And you're still living those out today, aren't you? I am. Yeah, actually, my back is a little sore today because I heard it working out yesterday, but yeah. Dr. McIntosh did instill in me a love for exercise, and I still use it to this day. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. Well, Matt was one of those committed students, I could tell. <laughs> the wheels were always turning, and uh, he practiced yep. you know, what I preached, I guess. Yep, yep. It was a lot of fun. So Now, John, have you always been the dean, or you did some? Did you teach your, your uh-huh. first began, few years at Shoals? I began as a teacher. Yeah, and you were in the health physical education type health of program Health physical education, well? so, taught reading also, okay. developmental reading. So yeah. I was in the classroom for 13 years. Okay. Think, so, All right, yeah. got you. And then yeah. got into the admin side of things. Yeah, got into the so, admin side, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Well, good. Well, so good to have you. Now, you guys have kids as well? They're, yes. they're grown, not, not kids mm-hmm. at home, but you want to maybe just introduce them, who the, okay. their names? Two children, Jessica, our daughter, firstborn. She's married and has three girls. Yeah. And then Ian, our second, is married to Nicole, and they have a fairly new little one, yeah. Will, who's 20 months and just wide open. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So how has it been being grandparents? 
Words can't express it. Yeah. That's right. right. It's great. Well, everyone always yeah. says being a grandparent's much more fun than being a parent. So Absolutely. Would you guys echo that testimony? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yep. And it's hard to explain. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, good deal. Well, now everyone knows a little bit about you guys. And so the first thing that I always like to do on My Grace Life Story to get us started is I want to hear a little bit about your testimony. When you came to know the Lord, um, how the Lord was working in your life at that point in time. And so, John, we'll start with you again. If you would share with us just, you know, when you came to know the Lord and how long ago that's been and, and and where you were at in life at that point in time. So just a little bit of your personal salvation testimony. Okay. And at a young age, I can remember, uh, you know, I think the Lord, the Lord working in my in my heart because I, I had an interest in, in spiritual things. Even I can remember as a kid buying those little bitty, probably about two-inch by two-inch little Bible things yeah. that you got. Those old Gideon uh, yeah, Bible yeah, yeah. deals, Even right? smaller so, than that. Yeah. It was probably just one book, okay. like the Book of John or something. Buying those and reading those, and uh, I think probably I, I, I would say probably was saved at a young age, around twelve okay. or so. Not really having a, a strong church home and a strong uh, Christian background, didn't quite know everything, but I do know that my life changed from the standpoint of uh, I began to pray on a regular basis, began to read the Word on a regular basis, wasn't baptized until. Age sixteen. Okay. Um, now, were you attending church anywhere at this point in time, or was, was it mainly just your own study of, of it was, the Bible? It was primarily my own study. We did not go to church okay. much. Yeah. We went occasionally, but we All didn't right. go much. Yeah. Then, when, um, like I say, when I was sixteen, I was baptized and uh, was going to a church, uh, which is I think First Southern now. Okay. And, uh, so you grew, did you grow time. up in this area? Yeah. You're in the mm-hmm. Shoals. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. We moved here when I was nine. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. So. You know, and I think, um, you know, began to grow some, but, you know, how sometimes you'll come, go back and forth. Well, was I, was I not? Right, was I, sure, I, did, sure. I didn't do kind of what at that point in time was like, here's the procedure you follow, and that, right. that, that way you know you're saved. So right. we did have a revival-type uh, meeting when uh, I think it was J. Harold Smith that was here. And, okay. uh, I, and I think those. I pretty well nailed things down at that point. I was, right. I was actually an adult. I was... I think Ian had just been born, so I was like 32 okay. at that time. Okay. Just kind of confirmed everything. Uh, was baptized again at that point in time, and uh, so that's that's kind of okay. been my journey. It was all right. Yeah. All right. So I'm interested in, in a little bit more. And I, I know, I know that's been years ago now, John. So I'm asking <laughs> you to remember some things that maybe have been a long time ago. But you know, where were you? So you're picking up these little Bibles. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know. Who, was somebody giving you those? I mean, was someone reaching out to you actively, or was that something that was just laying around the house? I mean, how, how did you kind of get into reading the scriptures? I mean, I, obviously, I know it was the Lord, yeah. you know, was working yeah. in your life, but but what did that you know, look like in your life? Well, if if anybody recalls Southgate Mall, oh yeah, it's know, still kind I was, of. I there. was close enough to walk, okay, to yeah. Southgate Mall. There was a little bookstore on one end of it. Yeah. And th- those things were there. They okay. might, they might have been ten cents, right? You yeah, know, a nickel, ten cents, right? So, so yeah. I just I just bought one. Wow. Yeah. Amen. And so the Lord used that to to work in your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Was there anyone you know as the Lord's working your life and 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 draws you to Him? I mean, was there anyone? In your life, maybe from the the church you were attending at that time, that kind of took you under their wing, did any discipleship with you, or was it kind of just you're just kind of on your own there for a while? I, more so on my own. Okay, there for a while. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. My mother would have some influence. I would say some influence, but right. not a strong influence at okay. that time. Yeah. Did you have siblings or anything? Two two older sisters. Okay. Yeah. What about them? Did did they know the Lord at the time or? My 
oh, my oldest sister was already out of the house okay. at that point. She was married and, and gone. And so uh, my uh, older sister, I think, went to church with a friend okay. from time to time, but not a lot of conversation in the okay. household about it. All right. Yeah, I got you. Good. All right, Joyce, if you would share a little bit about your testimony as well, coming to know the Lord and, and, and maybe, you know, how the Lord brought you to Him in repentance and faith. Okay. Um, as people can probably tell, I was not raised in the South. Okay. So um, I where did, grew Where did you grow up? In Kansas. Okay. Rural Kansas on a farm. Yep. Which was a wonderful place to be raised. Did see a few tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You know, the I like to, to say that my spiritual background was really more of a vacuum okay in the the little township that i grew up in and we used to always jokingly say there was 999 people because we were always probably shy of a a thousand and we lived three miles out but we were still part of the township but there was only one church that is something that has always and probably will continue surprise surprises me about the south there are so many churches And, uh, you know, I grew up with just that one. Now, my parents didn't attend, but we started, I mean, I think I remember probably by age six or seven, you know, regular attenders. Okay. I have um, three sisters, older, younger, and then I have a twin sister. So we'd all, you know, get gussied up and we went to church. And it was a federated, Burlingame Federated Church, and it was non-denominational. Okay, now say that again. Burlingame Federated Church. Okay, you're going to have to walk us through that. I'm un- completely yeah. unfamiliar it, it with that. It means that you had whatever pastor at the time. Okay. So I went through a Presbyterian, a Methodist, a Wesleyan, a Northern Baptist pastor. And then when I got saved, there was a Southern Baptist pa- okay. pastor. And that's not to say that, you know, that's why I was saved because of the Southern Baptist preacher, but right. that happens to be the time that I got saved. So so how long were these men normally there? I mean, obviously, it sounds like they, the pastors were kind of coming yeah. and going quite yeah. a bit. What? Maybe two to three years. Okay. Yeah. That's so, interesting. So yeah. I, I don't, I, I've never heard that term before, and, and I don't know that I've ever heard an experience like that. And so, so was it more of a... Was it they just couldn't keep someone there, or that that's just the way it was set up? You know, hey, we don't I, want someone long term. We'd just rather I, cycle I, through these men. I have no idea. Okay. My parents were not involved. Right. I, I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. To be honest. Interesting. So okay. <laughs> so I was just yeah. a kid that you know, and, and probably why we went was as much social. Right. It wasn't necessarily for spiritual. However, yeah. as I look back on it, I was drawn probably by age five or six. I knew that, you know. My life wasn't probably as it should be. Right. And growing up in a non-spiritual home, and then, you know, basically just hearing things of God on Sunday and probably mm-hmm. weak at best. Right. Very little expository preaching. Right. But there was a um, a lady in our church. She was actually the mother of, of one of the um, fellows that I graduated high school with. And she started a Saturday morning um, Bible study. Okay. So, yeah. of course, my twin sister and I participated. Right. Her name was Darlene Bloomquist. Yeah. That's when I got saved. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amen. That's great. So, okay. So, so the Lord saves you here, this small township here in, in Kansas. And uh, so, so, so where do you go from there? I, I mean, as far as, obviously, now you, you know, unlike John, you had a lady who was investing some time, obviously, in for all of you. For a short period, yeah, probably for, a summer okay. is all we had her for. Yeah. Okay. Grew a lot during that summer. Right. But it's kind of like John, I, I 
you know, I knew that, you know, I needed to study the Word. Right. It's the best I could as a kid. Right. Prayer was always a part of my life. Okay. So how old were you when you felt like you were converted? Twelve. Twelve. So. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I, obviously you don't stay in Kansas because now you're in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So, mm-hmm. you know, at some point you, you, you graduate high school, I'm assuming. Did, did you stay right there in that township for further education or did the mm-hmm. Lord take you elsewhere? Of course, Kansas is spread out. Right. Yeah. You know, geographically. So two, three major universities there and as a family all four of us girls ended up at Kansas State. Okay. So. All right. Good. I went to Kansas State and um, pursued uh, health physical education. Thought I was going to be a PE teacher. Right. Slash coach, which I didn't know what I would coach. But, yeah. you know, you could get all these add-ons. Right. Health add-on, biology. So, you know, I was trying to be a little bit more diversified. Right. But I fell in love with the study of exercise physiology. It was a relatively new topic back then. Yeah. And so, you know, I pursued further education. Professor right. there encouraged me to, you know, go somewhere else for a master's degree. So I ended up at um, Ball State in Muncie, Indiana. Okay. Got a master's there. Really couldn't find a church home. Right. I even attended a Catholic church, if you can believe that, for a right. short while with a roommate because I knew I needed to be in church. Sure. And uh, anyway, that probably wasn't the smartest move on my part, right. but <laughs> right. I just knew that the Catholic church didn't preach like what I had heard, Yeah. what little I had heard. Right. And then from there, um, encouraged to go on for further education. So I went to uh, Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, mm-hmm. pursued a doctorate there. Right. And that's where I met John. Okay. Aren't you a world record holder? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what point, and I'm just setting you up for it, but it was that in college? In college. Okay. <laughs> well, you want to talk about that? Can we talk about that well, for a little bit? You know, I was what I call a Title IX baby, where they did not have much of women's athletics. And in high school, um, we did a little bit of extramural. Um, so I just remember my senior year of high school, they said, okay, the girls can be in the state track meet. They gave us two weeks, and there was really no qualifying. So we got up a little team, and we went to the state track meet. And I think I did the long jump, the 220, which is definitely a sprint. I probably ran a leg on the mile relay. And so then I go to college. And I walk on the basketball team because that's, they had basketball and volleyball at Kansas State for women. That's it at the time. Well, my basketball experience wasn't very great, but I got on the team. I think it's because I could be a defensive scrimmage person because I could run up and down the court all day. So then they started track and field for women, and it was club status. And then it you know, eventually became, because of Title IX, you had to have you know, X number of men's sports, all about the equity and men's and women's sports. So I started running, and I was on the basketball team, but they needed somebody to run one of the legs, not legs, but be on the, uh, the cross-country team. Well, I didn't even know what cross-country was. So I went and watched a cross-country race, and no kidding, these guys would run past in a pasture. It was a cow pasture, because Kansas State, you know, like Auburn of the 
Kansas. And then they ran back by, and then, you know, they finished the race. Well, so I got asked to run on the cross-country team for the women. I was still playing basketball. Well, I won the thing. So that's how I got my start in cross-country and running was, you know, at Kansas State. I never ran much, and I didn't run any competitively in high school. So proceed the, through the career at Kansas State. And um, our girls' team was very good. You know, we went to nationals, fifth in nationals at cross country. We, you know, won some other things. But then you had the opportunity after the season was over to run some more um, track meets. And there was one at Wichita State Relay. So our coach put together the distance medley group. And I cannot even re remember if I ran the half mile or the three quarter because it was a quarter mile, half mile, three quarters, and a mile. It's a weird race. But anyway, well, we set the world record with that group of four of us ladies at that at Wichita State Relays. And it stands to this day. And I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. But, but, you know, we were thrilled and excited because we we, didn't, we had no idea. We had no idea. We were just there running the race, doing the best we can, and somebody somewhere he was watching the time. So, yeah, we set the world record. So. All right. So, so John, you were, were you attending Southern Miss at this time as well, or you were working in the area? How, how did that come about? We arrived the same semester. Okay. At, All right. Joyce was starting her doctorate, and I was starting my master's degree. Okay. All right. And, gotcha. Uh, in fact, she was sort of my lab instructor there. Oh, okay. The All right. Semester. So, yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. All right. So, so John, maybe back to you at this point. Now, you know, obviously both of you are converted at this point in time. But, mm -hmm. John, a little bit about, you know, as you grew up and obviously, you know, we're, you know, kind of became a part of a church a little bit. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, at this point in life, though, you're in college, you're now pursuing a master's degree. You know, how would you walk with the Lord, Ben? Uh, you know, had, had, at this point in time, had anybody come along, had had a, a more solid affiliation with a local church become a part of your life, or were you still kind of, hey, I know the Lord's done something in my life. I'm just not real sure where to go with this, where to take mm -hmm. this. What, what was that like in your life as a disciple of the Lord at that point in time? Yeah. Well, afterwards, you know, I mentioned getting baptized at age 16 mm -hmm. at First Southern. Then about the time I graduated um, high school, started college, uh, moved to um, – Woodward Avenue Baptist okay. at that point in time. Yep. Shortly thereafter, about the, I think I was a sophomore in college is when um, First Baptist began. I was one of the first individuals that was a part of First Baptist yeah. at meeting at the Lutheran Church. Okay, yeah. You know. Yeah. So how did you hear about First Baptist? I, and I, and well, I guess I, you were at Woodward, so some of that crew yes, kind of split off, yes, right? And yes, so that's I, I know, correct. Uh, Brother Gary and Miss Carolyn Meany have told us a little yeah. bit of that, and that yeah. was referencing one of our, our first podcasts, right. I guess. So they've told a little bit of that story. So, yeah. so you were a part of the group that kind of came away from Woodward Avenue and ended up meeting there at the Lutheran Church, yes. and that eventually became First Baptist Church. That's correct. So, okay, and that your family correct. was not even a part of that, correct? No, no, it was just me. Yeah. It was just me. Okay, so you and and so at this point in time. Were there a lot of other folks, roughly your age, kind of college student age, that were? involved in that move or can, were you kind of one of the the younger guys that kind of okay there's not a whole lot of other people my age yeah. but this is where i'm headed uh, there was one other that i remember and that was howard cabinets okay yeah all right. so so gotcha. he and i went yeah. with that group yes all right okay mm -hmm. all right well good so so what was that like i mean you, you know you've been uh you know part of a couple of local churches and now mm -hmm. you're part of this upstart group mm -hmm. that i remember when gary and carolyn were telling us but that most people were like 
I don't know that that group's going to even make it. You know, yeah. I mean, that very yeah. young church plant type thing. So, so what was the environment like at that point in time as you guys are meeting in the Lutheran church and obviously, you know, start looking for a pastor, things of that sort? Yeah. Well, you know, as a sophomore in college, you hadn't had a lot of rain fall on your parade. Right. Yet, right. So. Gotcha. So, but I will admit, you know, when um, the first pastor is gone in the first two weeks, you know, you think, okay, well, yeah. I, I, I kind of <laughs> wonder about this. Now. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, what's going to happen next? Right. You know, of course, I was not involved in terms of any type of leadership at sure. that point. I know that Bob Pittman had done a revival service at Woodward probably four to six months prior to this okay. split occurring. And somebody reached out to him and asked, would he come and preach, right. you know, as, as an interim type situation. Right. And so he did. And so that's... Um, and it stuck. So it stuck. It stuck. It did stick, right? indeed. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So, so, so how long were you here and a part of First Baptist before you go to Hattiesburg? A couple years, I guess. Okay. So, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a poor historian. So, <laughs> I'm just trying to draw I, it. I, out I don't of know you. if I don't know if it was 76 or 77. Okay. Okay. That the start was 77. 77. Okay. Yeah. So, from 77 until the fall of 1979. Okay. Uh, that's when I left to go to uh, grad school. Okay. All yeah. right. And so you end up in, in, in Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg, yeah. Joyce is in Hattiesburg as well. So, yeah. all right. So, Joyce, when you, when you get to Hattiesburg, you know, obviously now you're, 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 you're getting down into the south, right? And you're, you're beginning to get down into this place where churches are everywhere, right? I mean, they're on every corner. I mean, uh, Mississippi's just like Alabama, just like Tennessee, mm-hmm. just like Georgia. You know, a lot of churches mm-hmm. to choose from. So, you know, how was your walk with the Lord at this point in time? You know, had, had there been people that had come along? I know obviously you said you'd, you you knew, hey, I need to be in church somewhere, but just not real sure where. But, you know, how had discipleship looked like uh, at that point in time? And then when you get to, to Hattiesburg, you know, do you, do you find a local church fairly quickly? Or what does that look like for you? I'd say it was John that got me okay. back in church. Okay, yeah. Because it had been several years. And right. And, of course— it, once you get out of the habit, it's pretty easy to stay sure. there. Now, I still had, you know, personal, you know, study time and prayer time, right. but, you know, no church membership. Yeah, I got you. So yeah. um, John and I were fellowship. He had an assistantship. We were, you know, right. with each other a lot during the day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a group of us. Mm. I guess he just invited me to go to church with him. And Okay. Now was that was this a Baptist church that you guys ended up at mm-hmm. there in Hattiesburg? Yeah. Okay. We actually right. got married there. Okay. All yeah. right. Good. Yeah. Okay. So, is the, <clears throat> would that be the first time you were really in a Baptist church setting, Joyce? In yes. Okay. Was that very different for you? No, because no? Okay. The, the Southern Baptist pastor that we had okay. was very, I'd say, traditional. Okay. Gotcha. You know, in his preaching, that wasn't very expository, but he was. He could preach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So how long are you guys in Hattiesburg then? How long does it take to finish up your school work, things of that sort? So we, we got there fall of 79. We got married in December of 80 and left for Arizona in 81, January, February of 81. Okay. Is Arizona more education? Is that how you got to no, that? first or does that job. work? Okay. So first job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So how, when do you get back to the Shoals? I got back in fall of 89. So like August, September of 89. Okay. Joy, Joyce made it back in December of 89. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that may be a whole other story in and of itself, right? It probably is. Okay. So when you guys get back in 89, though, do you guys come right back into what was then First yes. Baptist, now Grace Life? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. So ha- 
I'm imagining at this point you've been gone for a little bit. How much had it changed since you had been gone, getting studies done, doing some jobs? Now you're back mm-hmm. in the shelves. How much had the church changed in that point in time? Well, it was obviously bigger yeah. <laughs> than, than when I left. Uh, so, yeah, it was much bigger than when I left. Of course, the leadership changed. Uh, right. Bro- Brother uh, Bob Pittman had moved on, and, and Brother Jeff had become the pastor. Right. All right, now let me ask our historian, Tim Martin. All right, now remind me again, what year did did Brother Jeff come on as senior pastor? He came on in officially April of 89. That's when he officially became. He was the interim from November of 88 until April So so he was pretty much brand new Mm -hmm. as far as senior pastor goes when you guys kind of came back into town. Okay, all right. All right, good. I just need to get the historian there to get our dates straight. So, yeah, yeah, so bigger, uh, new leadership, and I'm assuming— you probably didn't know Brother Jeff. I guess he wasn't really mm-hmm. on the scene when you right. were originally here. Right. So, okay, first impressions of Brother Jeff when you get back. He's new. You're you're new again, I guess, mm-hmm. to the area. Mm-hmm. So, what what was that like for you? Well, we had come from you know what we felt like was a pretty strong church in Phoenix okay. um, at that time. You know, had I wouldn't say strict expository pe- preaching, but expository preaching, right? When we, of course, it was it was huge compared to here. Right. So so, saying first first Baptist at that time was larger than it was when I left is certainly a clear statement. But right. we also came back from a, a church that the auditorium would seat like seven thousand. Oh wow. Okay. You know, so yeah. You yeah. Know, so so that was a little bit different from gotcha. that that respect. But again, uh, I think the 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 preaching at that point in time at uh, here at at Grace Life at that time was certainly probably I would say stronger than what we had. Right. Even even though the the pastor that we had in Phoenix was very good and more experienced, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a I think maybe just a different level of, yeah. of spirituality spirituality in regard to how the Bible was preached. Okay. Um, and I would say um, a little less legalistic. I got you. You know than what we experienced in Phoenix. Okay. All right, good. All right, so so you guys are back in in '89, and and you've been here ever since. So yes, um, that's thirty three ish years or so yeah. now that you guys have been back and plugged in here at Grace Life. So, you guys talk to me a little bit about okay, so thirty three years in the same local church. You know, you're here. You're in small groups. You're hearing the preaching. I mean, you know. I, this is sad to say, I guess, but that probably most people would look and say, "Man, you've been at the same church for thirty-three years," and they would think that's that's incredible. Who does that anymore? Now we're we're fortunate here at Grace Life that we have a lot of folks that have have been here a really long time, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know I think the healthy way to approach church life. And mm-hmm. uh, you know you experience the ups and downs of local church life in that time. You experience the the trials and you experience the good times. And so, but you guys tell me a little bit about in, in thirty three years. Talk to me a little bit about how God has used the preaching of the Word, the relationships you have here at Grace Life, the ministries of the local church that, that God has has given to us through His Word and in this context. How has He used that to grow you guys? Because obviously you've been here a long time now and you've, you've seen a lot and, and hopefully you've experienced a lot of God's grace in this context. So I know that's a big question. I'm asking you to take 33 years and just boil it down into a few things here. But yeah, just give me some feedback on you know how God has used the ministries of Grace Life Church in your life to, to draw you closer to Him, to, to grow you? Because you guys have been uh, in a lot of places, um, you know, getting your schooling done and work and things of that sort, but now I've been plugged in here for a really long time. So so just walk me through a little bit of how the Lord's grown you over the years here at Grace Life. Well, I think the first thing is the expectation, I think, in terms of ministry. Okay. 
Tim may remember this, but we had not been back very long, and he asked us if we would be willing to take a, I think, a singles class at that point in okay. time, which uh, which we did. Now we had, we had been teaching youth when we were in Phoenix, Good. so we were able to plug in uh, at that time, and I would say. Most of that 33, not all of it, but most of that 33 years, we've been involved in, in small group ministry from that from that standpoint. Was that different from like the church you've been at in Phoenix and some of the other ones? Was there, because I, I like the way you were that there, that there's an expectation that we're going to minister. I, you know, mm-hmm. we just taught a membership class a week or two ago, and one of the things I always try to encourage prospective members in that class is, you know, if you're looking for a church where you just get to blend in and sit on the sideline, this is not the place. Now, everyone serves in different ways. Not everyone's going to be a small group leader or an outreach leader or, you know, things of that sort. But but we do believe that God's Word teaches very clearly that He's given everyone gifts, spiritual gifts, um, their abilities, and we want them to be used for the glory of God and the good of the local church. So I, I like the wording that, hey, there was an expectation here that you're going to mm-hmm. serve because that's that's a biblical expectation, mm-hmm. I believe. But yeah. uh, was that different from, say, maybe some of the other churches you had been in, or maybe it was just more emphasized here? I think I think it's more from the standpoint of, again, coming from the preaching of okay. the Word and the way Brother Jeff would approach that. Uh, I've noticed over the 33 years, if we have if we have something that perhaps we're going to adjust or change or, or look at a little differently, it always starts in the pulpit. Yeah, amen. It, it starts there, and it starts with, here's the biblical context. Here is the, the way the, the Word teaches it. Sure. Here's how it, one is to respond to the Word. Right. And it always began there. Yeah. And so that—, that in my opinion, in terms of where I've been previously, it it was laid out. Here's the biblical reasoning for us to make this adjustment or this change. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas other places, it was like, you know, if we're going to make a change, it's like, hey, guess what? We're going to make a change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, amen. I, I I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for how you worded that, John, because I, you know, really, I, you know. God's Word is where it all starts mm-hmm. and, and ends, and, and it's really all the points in between mm-hmm. as well when it comes to not only local church life, but to our individual lives as disciples as well. And uh, I was thinking back to something Brother Jeff was was teaching not too long ago about the, the central place that the preaching of the Word of God plays in the context of the local church. Now, you, you, you can have a lot of things that are going and going well in the context of the local church, but if the preaching of the Word of God is, is not central— mm-hmm. Then it lends itself, I believe, to well. Hey, I just think we ought to have a change here. Well, well, why? Well, I just want to change. Well, hey, we could have eight hundred people here at Grace Life that decide they just want to change about something, you know. But but what does the Word of God teach mm-hmm. about that? You know, mm-hmm. what does the Scripture say? And, and obviously, that coming from the pulpit has helped to make, by God's grace, the Word of God a central, yes. the central part of church ministry here at Grace Life. And yeah. so, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah no doubt. So, George, what, what about you? So so you were new coming in here in 1989, but you get apparently plugged in pretty quickly here. Brother Tim roped y'all into to teaching these classes and uh, getting into the small groups. But you know, talk to me a little bit about how the Lord has grown you over 33 years here at Grace Life, some of the ways he's used the ministries here and the preaching of God's Word to change you, disciple you, sanctify you, all of those things. Yeah. 
When we came, I was pregnant with Ian, so we added another member to our family over the next few months, and I suppose I had recovered from that before we were with the singles. I just know when we did singles activities, we drug both of our kids, Jessica and Ian, with us, and that was with you all the time. That that was a little difficult (laughs) at times, but you know we had lots of babysitters. You know, right, right. So that that worked out well. You know, I of course with having young children. I just remember one Sunday, of course, when you have young children, it's expected that you work the nursery. And I never have not expected that, of course, until my foot surgery (laughs) a couple years ago. I still was working in the the nursery, so I'm I'm just on, I guess, sabbatical right now, we'll say. Injured reserve. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I know I got asked to help, I think it was Hilda Newman, with the three-year-old class one Sunday, and the next thing I know, nine years later, I'm teaching, still teaching the three-year-old yeah. class. <laughs> and Anita Clonch, we were team teaching that, and okay. I always say we were a dynamic duo. Yeah. And uh, you know, the nine years went by very quickly. I'm trying to think, you know, from that point, really about the only age I haven't taught would be junior high and high school because okay. we've done college and career. Yeah. I've taught, uh, you know, younger women. I served at one point with your mother okay. in a class. I remember Vicki Klotfelder was in that class. Yeah. She's pretty easy to remember. Right. And then, um, you know, John and I did college and career for a few years. And, of course, now um, I'm serving with Martha Griffin okay. and uh, Marlene Jarnigan yeah. in uh, ladies' class. Yeah. All right. Good. You guys, talk to me about some maybe some individuals, maybe some families, some folks that have had a big impact on your life uh, through the years. Uh, obviously, in 33 years of being here at Grace Life, you've known a lot of folks, and I would assume you've you know fellowshiped with a lot of folks, but maybe some people that God's just used to to really spur you on. You know, the scripture in Hebrews 10 says that we're to stir one another up toward love and good deeds. So maybe there are some people throughout 33 years that God has put in your life that have been instrumental and seeing you grow in your walk with the Lord. Um, share with me maybe some of those individuals. Well, one would be uh, your dad. I was in his class um, okay. for a little bit in between uh, my own assignments. And, uh, you know, I know he was he was good about challenging us to um, right. accountability and scripture yep. memorization and, and, and those types of things. And so, you know, I certainly remember uh, him as a part of that. Interestingly enough, I was teaching younger men, and one of those younger men was was James Vance, and okay. uh, and at that time, at that time, would uh, was not a believer. I mean, right. was, was very uh, searching. I guess might be the right word. And right. I have to admit, his his continual questions to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like I, I better study this so I, so I can. That increases answer. the prayer life yeah. of a small group yeah. leader, right? Yeah. When you have someone that is earnestly asking questions, yes. it's like, okay, I need to know yeah. this stuff, yeah. right? So, so. Um, I, I'm sure he didn't realize that, but yeah. uh, you know, that was one of those things. Well, if if if, I, if he's going to ask these kind of questions, I better start looking yeah. for some answers yeah. myself Amen. Um, Amen. on that. So. Certainly, our pastor you know, right. has been uh, very influential. Um, you know, certainly, from the pulpit on a regular basis. Certainly, David Young and his, uh, you know, his challenging us on a regular basis as right. as uh, small group leaders. You know, and I've I've taught with um, you know a number of a number of men. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm teaching with Dacus uh, Wall right okay. now. You know, he's 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 been very good for for me. Yeah. Taught with Terry Thomas for a while. Okay. Um, and 
several others that I can't recall yeah, off the top sure, of my head. Sure. But uh, absolutely, you know, so no, that's great. That's great, Joyce. How about you? Some individuals that God's used in your life to spur you along towards I guess, faithfulness. You know that small time where we were not um, in leadership. Um, I was in Donna Bradley's class. A okay. wonderful teacher. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pam Noblick. Right. Um, Liz Shirey. Okay. Um, all wonderful. And then Judy Thompson was my teacher right. for a while. Yeah. Just, you know, all godly right. women that, um, you know, poured a lot into us. Right. I'll have to say that, um, you know, during a time that was tough for us as a family, Kathy Underwood was there for me. Yep. So. Yeah. And you and Kathy worked together. And so that, that was probably an intense sort of discipleship because not only did you go to church together, but you also worked yeah. together. And so that was a, that was that up close and personal accountability, yeah. I guess, during that yeah. time, right? So Yeah, we probably got some names or whatever, like the dynamic duo or right. <laughs> you know, things like that. But yeah, but she was um, yeah. a big support. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Good. Yeah, it, it, it's always good. And, and, and both of you are like, so many when we talk about our grace life story you, you just can think of names and and you know god uses different people in different ways in different seasons mm-hmm. of our lives you know to spur us on towards faithfulness and continuing to to honor the lord in our lives so uh, one thing i want to talk to both of you about is both of you have had careers in higher education how has your your walk with the lord and the context of the local church helped you in higher education, I, you know, of course, maybe we see a trend today in some of our educational institutions of, of going a direction that maybe we would not like to see them go in regards to biblical things. But um, obviously God has, has had you guys there. Joyce, you're retired now, but has had you there in that spot and, and used you, uh, has given you fruitful careers in that field. And so has it ever been hard to navigate in, in that realm? Uh, you know, okay, I, I, I'm a believer and I have these convictions, and yet, hey, maybe sometimes we see a little drift away from those in those institutions. I mean, how, how has the Lord, through the preaching of the Word, the discipleship relationships you've had here, helped you to, to stay faithful in those spots? I would say for me, even though the community college is different from a university setting, sure. you know, you still have those, what I would classify as individuals who are, are more liberal thinking right. and uh, so forth. The Lord, um, something in, in, in any of the young guys, I would recommend this, but as a as a young man a, lo- a long time ago, I, I basically made the the prayer to be, you know, that my career is in your hands, Lord, Amen. to do with as you see fit. Right. Um, because I will, uh, I will readily admit, even though I'm in a dean position, you know, I'm not the smartest guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not the most driven guy. Right. But uh, I think the Lord has put me in that position sure. for His for His purposes. Part of the advantage of being an old, an old guy in, in relation to everybody else that's, that I work with, because uh, I think I am the oldest administrator right. there now, for some reason people think you know stuff. Oh. <laughs> so, so they'll come talk to you right. about a variety of things. Okay. And I get the opportunity. I know when COVID came around, uh, you know, I had some folks come in and they were, I mean, very frightened and, and right. understandably, sure. you know, they were very frightened and... I would say, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sovereignty of God kind of guy. I figure yeah. I'm going to die right on time, right? whether it's COVID or 
car wreck or heart attack or whatever it may be. Right. And so, you know, that would open up some Absolutely. conversations uh, to, to that. And, and then, um, you know, folks will come say, okay, I've got this situation. How, mm-hmm. how, will you hand, how would you handle that? And, um, and so, you know, the Lord's given a lot of opportunities to, to do that. And, again, you know, when, you, when they come to you, you can talk more freely yeah, as opposed to when you go to them. Right. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so it gives an opportunity to, to try and, and uh, instill some biblical wisdom in terms of yeah. you know how to how to look at things differently than, with certainly a biblical worldview versus a worldly worldview. Right. Right. Yeah. Amen. Joyce, what about you? Your time in in higher education, uh, yeah. those opportunities maybe the Lord gave you from time to time. Actually, when we moved here, you know, I was, I had been promoted within the community college system in Arizona. But of course, John got the job here and we didn't really want to raise our children in a huge metropolitan area. So we had a, you know, God directed our steps here. Now it was interesting how we got here, but we finally got here. (laughs) So I've not only worked at UNA, but I adjunct at uh, the community college, which I love the community college setting, I'll have to admit. But I also worked um, at Helen Keller Hospital okay. and um, was one of the individuals that started the, the cardiac pulmonary program there. Right. So I've had some experiences in the clinical setting and in a community college and, and at the university yeah. as well. Like I said, I, I love the study of sciences and, you know, not so naive to know that, you know, God has wonderfully created the body, right. and I just got to study it yeah. and, and in great depth. And, um, of course, opportunities that I would have in the classroom, which wouldn't be very often in a public setting, right. you know, just talking about how miraculous and how, you know, the creation of, for instance, the human heart right. and how all of the things function together, you know, in the body, everything from hormones to the nerves to... You know, all of that. And, right. you know, I would have a few students that would talk to me after class, yeah. knowing my position, right. probably faith-based. Yeah. Again, that is a thing in the South. Right. Not so prevalent in the North, in Kansas, yeah. in Indiana. Yeah. Not so prevalent in places like that. So, so the students that would talk to you, were they normally supportive of oh, your oh, angle? Or were they coming at it more of a, hey, we, yeah. we want you to keep that out of the classroom? No, I've never had anybody in a negative way yeah. in all my okay. years. Good. Well, I know, and obviously being one of your students, but I know that you, and then obviously I'll throw Kathy's name in there as well, because I had both of you uh, while I was at UNA, but uh, at least among the health, physical education, recreation folks, I think you both were well-respected, and I think that, I think the Lord used both of you there in that context, and maybe not always directly in the classroom, but I do know that both of you were, I think a lot of times just for, you know, obviously I knew other students there at UNA, but I think the... The other students knew where both of you stood, and uh, I, I would hope, and just like yours, I think you've confirmed this as well. There were times when, uh, when, when someone wanted maybe some real wisdom, yeah. not the wisdom from the other twenty-year-olds that they normally would go to, but they knew, hey, there are a couple of teachers that probably are going to give me the truth about this, and so I, I, I just saw the Lord, you know, at least at UNA where, when I was there, used both of you, yeah. uh, you know, in that context, and I was always yeah, very I thankful for that. opportunities so. to talk with and share, but yeah. again, as John said, if they would come to me, because we had to be careful in a right. public institution. Yeah. Um, I was always, I guess, cautious, yeah. but like I said, I'm glad to hear that 
from a student's perspective that people yeah, you know, recognize where we stood. And, and I think I think the Lord used you and, and Kathy both, uh, not in a bad way, but Kathy maybe had a different approach sometimes than you did. Uh, you know, I can remember a class or two where I don't know that she went into just a full gospel, but she pretty much just said, hey, here's the deal. And I'm going to let all of you know right now, you know, she just would lay it out there. And so but but then, you know, you also had the more maybe a more subtle approach that, that the Lord used as well. And so I was thankful for both of those. You know, the Lord gives us all in different ways. And so yeah, just say um, it. We were the odd couple. <laughs> we, yeah. uh, but it worked beautifully together. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that's good. So, well, hey, OK, let, let's let's. Let's try to summarize 33 years or so here. Uh, you know, if you had to I, I, I end these episodes sometimes with this question, and I like to, I know it's a big question, but it's one I like for you to think about and then just try to summarize. But if you could summarize your grace life story in a couple of sentences, John, how would you summarize it? And then Joyce, we'll give you a little extra time to think about that. And so, you know, you let you go after John. I think I would summarize it in that... Um you know, God's graciousness and kindness and mercy and love to allow us to be in a church like this yeah. because I think considering the fact that we've been in a number of churches, right. this is unique. Yeah. This is unique. And so I, I believe his hand has been on this church. Amen. I believe his hand's still on this church. Um, and I think um, he has... Um, allowed us to have the opportunity to serve in a church like this and that you know there's great opportunity for anyone who loves the Lord and wants to serve the Lord that they can have that opportunity here not only serve but also to continually grow yeah. because the word is going to be preached yeah. and uh, so so Amen. I would say it's just a uh, I, I think we're ap- uh, appropriately named, right. and that is grace life. But yep. it's it's a grace story, yep. I would say. Amen. Joyce, but you? I would say definitely saved by grace. I think of you know where I came from mm-hmm. in rural Kansas, and as I say, my testimony is very much a spiritual vacuum. Right. Not only in that area geographically, but in my family. Right. So. Yeah. You know, the Lord graciously um, saved me. And, um, you know, I have grown more at this church than any of the other churches we've ever been at. Yeah. And uh, I agree with John. You know, the Lord's hand is, is, has been and is on this church. And, you know, it's really, from my standpoint, a blessing and a privilege to be able to serve. Amen. Amen. Well, I agree with both of you. I I often think, and, and I've been here pretty long while myself now since I came at a really young age, but just, you know, God's goodness and mercy on display in so many ways mm-hmm. in, in our own lives and the lives of, of those who are members of this church. And uh, whether whether it's someone who's been here for, for 33-ish years or so, or someone who's just been here for a few months, you know, our prayers that they would see God's goodness and kindness in bringing them here. And uh, then also see God's goodness in planting them to serve like you guys have done for so many years now and just seeing how the Lord's going to grow them through the years as they involve themselves here at Grace Life Church. So we appreciate both of you sharing a little bit about your Grace Life story with us here today and look forward to seeing how the Lord is going to continue to work in your lives in the years to come. All right? Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story. 
as members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.